welcome to more to come. PW Comic Wheels weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the graphic novels review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. Check us out on Twitter at, at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes. And on uh, Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. All right, this week on More to Come, New York Comic Con is coming. And also, the, a French comics festival is coming. Actually, I think it's already here. Yes. Sales are up big time. And we got a couple of geniuses in the house. And also, California gets tough on autographs. And after that, the news brief. So, New York Comic Con, she's a coming. Yep. Oh, boy. It's coming. It's almost here. Um, yeah. uh, Always we got a wonderful time. Rich Shivener's, uh preview is at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And, you know, the most of the preview this this year is really kind of surveying Really, the ongoing tendency that we've seen also at San Diego, that more and more events are being moved outside of the main venue. Uh, attendance is going up. Programming is apparently increasing. Uh, there just ain't enough room, folks. Right. Well, this is the last time that we're going to see um, Artist Alley in the North Hall. I mean, that's one big thing. I mean, they've been trying to spread out uh, New York Comic Con for a while. I mean, that's all we ever talk about is how crowded mm-hmm. it is, how dangerous it is, how awful the Javits Center is. Uh, there's one pleasant part of the Javits Center, and that's going to be torn down, so that's great. Um, so why, why are they doing that again? Well, you know, the funny thing is, where they held Artist Alley now. Yes, the it's held in the North Hall, yeah. which is uh, a bit of a shed, and it was built but- as a temporary... Uh, temporary exhibit space while they did renovations. However, it turned out to be so much more pleasant. It's the nicest part. It's the nicest part because the rest of the place doesn't have enough toilets or light or electrical outlets and this was the most pleasant. It's got natural light. It's really really spacious. Yes. Unfortunately, (laughs) it was only temporary Mm. so they're going to have to tear it down and put up something new. Uh, which hopefully will have toilets. I wish you could all could see Kate's face right but, now. But but <laughs> why? I mean, when you think about it, the Eiffel Tower was supposed to be temporary, but they went, hey, people like it. Let's keep yeah. it. Well, you know, from uh, there's great wisdom in what you just said, Kate. But it's supposedly, <laughs> you know, I think they're going to try to build over it. That's a big New I York so thing too. where they try to build over things that exist, like they're building Hudson Yards on a little platform over a train station. Uh Oh, I hope they have very good load-bearing walls. Um, so, uh, you know, possibly. But anyway, this year is open. Next year, it will be closed, whether permanently or yeah. uh, perhaps returning someday. I'm not entirely sure. Well, but I'm sure, by then, well obviously, it's an ongoing discussion about increasing the size of the, the convention center. Yes. I'm well, sure. one thing that would definitely be a big improvement would be to in- like add another hallway from that to the main convention center. Because <laughs> as it is, or alternately, even just an outdoor path. Add an outdoor, a fenced-in outdoor path. Yeah. Because you need something. <laughs> or as they did last year open the doors and just let you walk outside yeah. and around. It was so insane trying to but walk through But you know, that when hallway. I, they had to do that last year. And you <laughs> know, when to. I talked to Lance Fensterman, uh, the showrunner, uh, he revealed why they didn't do it in the first place is because the Javits charges them for that. Yeah. So just opening up an outside sidewalk <laughs> cost them more there, money. There's a um, fee involved. Yeah, yeah, there's a fee involved. So, uh, but anyway, you know, they're at the Hammerstein Ballroom again. They're at the Madison yeah. Square Garden again. Right. They're uh, well, that's new this year, right? Madison Square Garden. No, is Madison. New. They used it last year, but just for one event. This uh, I year, see. Well, it's going to be yes. Yeah, so yeah. A lot of uh, Doctor Who, Who oriented events will be there. Uh, Hudson Mercantile. Yes, that's the new uh, one. A new space, Con. block away. That's where it'll be. Um, uh, what's it? New York Comic Con at oh, Book Con at New York right. Comic Con. Uh, there's a, there was some confusion about this. There will be not be ex- exhibitors in this new building. It will only be programming, and it'll only be traditional book publishers right. operating over there. Though it won't be comics publishers. Although there will be so we're uh, a panel about uh, several panels. We'll have sort of a comicsy. Theme. I know mm. I'm doing one over there uh-huh. uh, well, on Friday. Well, this it's sort so of interesting because I mean, because BookCon <laughs> has traditionally always had a lot of comics content, though yeah. generally by 
um, uh, comics is uh, published by trade, right. New York Trade Book Publishers. Now, have either of you had a chance to look at the programming? Uh, no. I've peeked at it very briefly. Now, and let me... Okay, I think let's let's rewind back mm-hmm. to, uh, let's uh, you know, all these satellite campuses. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, frankly, I find it... I, I think it won't just be me that if you're doing any kind of exhibitor work, like good luck getting to one of those and back in time. So if you yeah. say you're an artist or creator or publisher who's got some booth duties, like this is going to be a major imposition to like somehow struggle through like outdoor New York in order well, to find I, a thing I, yeah, and come the, back. As the crow flies, it's it's not much worse than San Diego. Like if you were going, say there was a lot of programming in the Marriott. If you were going, say for the Marriott to mm. Hall Age, something I did every day, uh, you know, you plan ahead. I mean, it takes about 15 minutes. Yeah. I did a stopwatch. If you get good, take the shortcuts yeah. that I use. Takes about fifteen minutes. So, but but you're dealing with New York Comic Con crowds, so it won't be fifteen minutes. It takes you fifteen minutes just to get out. The, Twenty minutes just to get out the doors. Well, you know, from the floor to the well, doors, I've timed I, it. Oh, wow, I mean, okay. it's not. It's, I mean, it's not that different from San Diego in that you're if you're in one side of the hall, it's going to be a long trip to get to where you got to go. I would say but it's, it's going to be longer. But most you, of the things are not that far away. Kate, is your is your timing from on the floor of the con? Yeah, I'm I'm timing from say the middle of the exhibition hall to well, outside the convention hall 20 minutes wow well and maybe that's, that's at it, the worst time i have but, a panel to do i mean really i have to yeah run because of the congestion i've, because I've of made the, that trek as well well i mean it's not and always it's certainly but, not 20 well, minutes no not at the beginning not at like the low traffic points of the day mm. but if you're going when a lot of people are coming in and going out and you're going through choke points like you have to get off the floor and out the door like I'll say this. I mean, we can we can agree to disagree. Yes, I, it can be difficult, but I, I I'm a little dubious you know of the what, notion though, that it takes you 20 uh, minutes to get off the floor. I will tell this. I get will, off the floor and outside the convention yeah, center. I will from say on the this floor to outside the convention Kate, center. Mm. I think well, if you're maybe, going mm. from a programming room to outside, it's not as bad. I think mm. she's absolutely right, though. Sometimes when you're on the show floor, yeah. there's a log jam. We've seen it. Um, right. Sure. And so this yeah. just adds to that. It's one thing to go from yeah. there to somewhere else in the same building. But now... You also have to navigate New York. Well, you know, one of the reasons why these venues are located outside of the thing is to take traffic off of the floor. Well, we'll so see. We'll see. That's we'll see. Hopefully, part it will. of what they're doing. But you I have to we'll tap see. in and tap out to do everything. Oh yeah, so yeah. That yeah. adds the time. Out. And I'm yes. including the tapping. Yeah, and tap out. it's the tapping and the tapping of the <laughs> the yes. tapping of the, well. of the of the of the lambs. The tapping of the lambs. All right. Um, well, there's also a big change. Uh, Super Week is now uh, NYCC presents. The other things people need to keep straight is your badge will get you into some of these things, and it will not get you into other things. Uh, and it won't get you badge- into. A badge for the ones that won't get in, get, get, it won't get you into. Uh, but badges will get you in the Hammerstein Ballroom. It'll get you in Hudson Mercantile. It'll get you in the theater at MSG. Will not get you into NYCC presents. Yes, but, but that's but what I'm saying been, is that's that yeah, like, that's always been the case. What I'm saying is that will you also need your badge, or will like can somebody who's not a NYCC con goer be able to go to these outside events? Yeah, okay. Well, yes, you have to yes. buy a ticket. You have to buy a so, ticket. Okay, so you can buy you have a ticket, badge you, or not? You, but you yeah. don't need a badge. No, 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 no. You it's, just need it's ticket, a, no, no bad yeah, they're, they're simply, okay. re, they're, you know, it's kind of a, a, a to me, it's a branding effort. Yeah. They yeah. want to they want to connect these uh, far flung events more closer to New York Comic Con, but they also want to make it clear that these are events that you really have to buy a ticket for, whether you have a badge or not. You got to buy a ticket, and you can buy them through, I think, the the New York Comic Con webpage. Yes. And it's all kinds of stuff. And now some of them are very popular. There's a lot of podcast there's, recordings there's of theaters. Podcasts, I, mean, I, I forget if there's it's like bands, yeah, there's bands. There's uh, there's stuff drinking. There's hooking up. There's yes. faking. <laughs> there's beer. There's really so, just everything that a comic con should o- offer. But I, you know, I want to go back for a minute though to yeah. uh, and and you know, listeners. I'm sure our faithful listeners. By the way, please remember to uh, rate us on iTunes. Oh, faithful yes. Faithful listeners. Yes, we should have mentioned uh, that earlier. But anyway, faithful listeners, I'm sure you can tell how excited and enthusiastic Kate, Calvin, and I sound because we love New York Comic Con so much. Uh, and that was sarcasm. It's well, <laughs> as I, if I they actually, couldn't detect. Okay, so New York Comic Con <laughs> is my big con of the year. I don't San Diego because I don't have yeah. the money to San Diego. Um, and <laughs> I, yeah. like the new verb form, I'm going to use that yeah, I, I, all the time. So New York Comic Con is my big con of the year. But while I I love every minute of it once it starts, yes, getting there 
getting everything set up and logistics because I do the booth logistics for us and you know run the volunteer route it's like <laughs> it's it's a stress you know yeah. it it yeah. takes a lot of energy and it yep. eats October yeah and there is you know we look forward to uh you know even with the the anxiety over the North Hall call- closing next year um, hopefully by next year a lot more of Hudson Yards will be open so there will be more facilities closer by yeah. so yeah. that they can spread things out more um, you know, uh, I, this is this is my pet peeve. Okay, so now let me let me talk about my pet peeve. Please right. do. And uh, you know, so the tapping in, the tapping out. I mean, I'm I'm not a tapper. Okay, I mean, I know you got to do it, but I don't like to be. I'm not a number. I'm a free man or a woman. Uh, but you know, I got my badge, and uh, so then I went online to the New York Comic Con website to make my schedule, like you do. Yeah. You know, like with San Diego, they yeah, have a my it. show planner where you go yep. and you click on each panel that you want to see or possibly or your team is covering yeah. or whatever and you make a little schedule and you can print it out and it's you, great. it imports directly to your Gmail and sends you a little little message every 10 minutes before the panel begins. It's really great. So I went to go do that. It said you must register your badge before you can even sign up for my show. Now, of course, I resist that idea because the RFID technology allows them to track where you're going, who you are, what you're doing, who you're seeing. I mean, it's like... It's true. It's like, you know, a John Le Carre novel. It's like person of interest. I I, I reject (laughs) that. But, all right, you got me. I got to do it. All right, so I log in. Then the questions that it asked you you must opt out of getting partner emails. So once you have logged into this, you're going to, you know, like you have you to better opt, be careful it's about what, opt yeah, out, not opt in. You must, I noticed it said opt out. I'm in a screen capture of that because that's very unusual. Yeah. Usually you need to opt in, okay? Opt you, out is tacky. It it's is very tacky. tacky and, and, and you it, remember yeah. a few years ago, there was a little problem when you tap, when you logged your badge that you got text, that it sent tweets for you. I can only said hope they don't do anything Awful things stupid. like, you know, I love Kim Kardashian or something whatever but uh anyway so all right so now but you know i did opt out well actually i left it in because i used my crap email that is not my personal email where i get all my crap emails so i use that i'm trying yes to game uh, the let system. me let me tell you listeners there is a wonderful website called hidemyass.com yes where uh you can create a sort of burner email that you can give say when you need to give an email for purposes such as these which you can check but and we'll notify your regular email when something goes through but we'll automatically like delete itself and not clog up your email um so you guys may want to do that could be if you don't want to get spammed with 40 million things because you know they're going to give that email to everybody and their brother yes now so so after I'd con- I'd navigated the shoals of uh, marketing information highway here or ra- roaring rapids, so I went in and I looked at all the panels. I spent about half an hour going through them and reading them. And boy, you can hear where this is going, can't you? Uh, you know, there's a just so I have looked at that. There, there's a there's one panel that's got Pat Kiernan on it. So if you're an NYC one fan, you're going to be very excited <laughs> by that. Big, big time. There's a panel that has '80s movies with Martha Coolidge on it. That's really cool. I would love to see her, uh, director of Past Times at Ridgemont High, and um, and uh, many great comics panels. There's actually some really strong programming this year. Actually, we were able to rescue a panel for Europe Comics. Yes. Well, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. But anyway, so I spent half an hour, like, liking and putting on my schedule all these panels. And then, of course, I went to print it out, and it just kept crashing. It didn't save anything. Uh, maybe I did too many panels. Maybe I overwhelmed the puny system <laughs> with my desire to see programming. But... You know, nothing. It saved nothing. I have to go back in. Oh. And, I mean, at some point, I am going to have to do it because i got to make a schedule. Well, oh, Heidi, yeah. Heidi. Lance, are you listening this, to this? Yeah, Lance. <laughs> Heidi, there's this wonderful other option nothing called, personal. <laughs> called pen and paper. It is no. how I make my schedule every year. It well, works great. It never I'm with crashes. Heidi. These, yeah. Using these uh, online schedules is, when you're at a show... For most of us, anyway, it's really useful. It is. Oh, I'm sure it's you really useful. But I mean, after it's it's eaten your stuff too many times. Because like, uh, yeah, but uh, hello, San Diego Comic Con's app works. Perfect. It works perfectly, and then you can you know put, you can get alerts. You can know what you're doing every day. You I mean you well, can quickly see work. who's would, on the panel. Yeah, it would be great, great if so. it worked. 
I'm just does saying. It, uh, I mean, does this does everything supposed to show up in the app as well once you do uh, it online? I think so. I think it's supposed to sync. I, I haven't, haven't done even it. Tried. I mean, I'm going to be doing that this weekend. So because I will... they also do a funny little thing where they make a new app every year instead of just updating the old one. But anyway, yeah. you know, listen. I know it's hard. New York is hard. It's yes. very hard. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of speed dating to do. There's a lot of drinking to do. There's a lot of cosplay dance parties to go to. So you know what? It's hard to get through all that stuff. There so now, yeah. uh, anyway. But you know, we do have some some panels. Let's talk about the panels that we're on um yeah well i only know i mean i'm only on one and that's the basically it's a reprise of the panel i did at san diego um kind of europe comics meets usa comics i'm not quite sure who's on the panel just yet but we actually had a really good discussion uh in san diego i think there'll be a different crew here i think sean murphy was mentioned as one of the u.s nice comics people and basically, um, we just went down the line, and I, and, and I got them all to sort of compare their training, the professional opportunities, and the general atmosphere that they grew up in and learning how to make comics with what they're doing now compared to the U.S. and vice versa. So um, that, I think, is the only panel I, well, I'm I have it all. I have two almost identical panels, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, one of the great things about New York Comic Con is there's so many great European cartoonists come. Yes. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about the French uh, yes. the French festival that's uh, co, co, <laughs> co-timed yes, uh, in a minute. Yes. But I have one panel that's uh, not taking place at – that's part of that festival. Uh, it's on the – Thursday night? I know it's not. I better not be Thursday night. I think it's at the uh, Saturday night of the panel. I I should probably look at my schedule. (laughs) I will promise to look at my schedule if I can ever make it and to see uh, where they are. Thursday night. I know there's, no, a, beat. there's a beat. No, that's a different one. Oh, okay. See, that is this one. I'm going to be on a, a, a Friday at a 6.30. Friday? I okay. will be at the Museum of City of New York uh, with a panel called Drawing Life. Who is the Parisian Ross Chast? I did not make up that panel title. <laughs> but it's got anyway, a great lineup. It's got a great lineup. Absolutely yeah. uh, outstanding. Uh, uh, anyway, that is off-site, but I also have a Europe Comics panel that is at 5.30 on Saturday uh, with uh, different Leon Hamilton, Simon Fraser, and a couple more great French cartoonists uh, talking about more European comics. And finally, I also actually have two other panels they just asked me to do. One of them is a uh, panel with Raina Telgemeier and a couple of other awesome cartoonists that will be as part of BookCon. That is on Thursday night. And on Saturday, also. So that's at Hudson Mercantile? That will be at Hudson Mercantile. Uh-huh. And uh, also, I have a panel on sc- with Scholastic Books talking about how uh-huh. to enter their talent. One contest. of these years. One of these years, yes. I will be on a panel? Be on a panel. You would be so We're great. We're going to get on you on it. That's for sure. Do you want to be on a panel? Yes. Oh, well, then well, I love to talk. <laughs> we have to get her on a panel. I know. We have to put her on. I know we do. You know, we don't actually have a Publishers Weekly panel this year. No. Uh, yeah, so. We'll have to, they rejected all of our we'll have panels. To cook something up, but well, that, but to be fair, they have some pretty good programming. This yeah, year, so well, they've they sort of got up. a lot of it's it. And up. yeah, so uh, shall we segue to French comics? Yes, frame? let's talk about that. So yeah. this is a this is a big, um, uh, fe- really festival being held at the same time as New York Comic Con, uh, and kinds of overlaps uh, it in many ways. Uh, it's called French Comics Frame. It, there's a big exhibition that's at the Cooper Union um, in downtown New York, um, and there are panels both there, but all over the place. The Society of Illustrators, in fact, panels started on Monday, and there's stuff at the Albertine Bookstore. That's the incredible bookstore that's in the French Embassy, up on the Upper East Side. It's yeah. at um, you know 972 Fifth Avenue. And then there's also on Tuesdays, there's a discussion at the Society of Illustrators, also on the Upper East Side. Uh, Wednesday, there is an exhibition party at the Cooper Union. Uh, but then after that, like it goes on, on, on and on through New York Comic Con and at different venues. Let's see, School of Visual Arts, the Museum of uh, City of New York, which uh, Heidi already talked about. Yeah, I really um, wish I had energy to go to any party going on during the convention. Um, yeah, but well, I just they're get, all over the place. Yeah, I just get totally wiped after an entire day of running I don't, the booth. I don't blame you. You know, I'm looking at uh, some of the people who are on these panels include Etienne Davido, the creator of uh, Lulu Anu and the Initiates. Uh, for my money, uh, one of the great yes, living graphic yes. novelists. Yeah. This yeah. guy is incredible. Um, Matt is going to be there. Um, uh, Penelope Bajou, yes, another yes, incredible 
um, uh, creator Olivier uh, Belez, the artist on the Robert Moses uh, book yes. that oh, Nobel yes. published that you see everywhere. Yes, yes. Uh, Francois Bouc, uh, he uh, is super, one of the, super famous, one like of the father of great, yeah. yeah. Uh, Barbara <laughs> Can- Canepa of Italy, also one of the great um, uh, you know, witches. Uh, anyway, I'm totally yeah. just like like and, watching up talking about this, but but the, this is like uh, a plus people, yeah. okay, like a plus. So. And this will go on until November fifth. They both this exhibition slash series of. Uh, programming so yeah. um yeah, it'll go on past new york comic-con so uh that's good you know there's plenty of time to catch a piece of it people yeah and so check it out uh yeah and you know uh, I, just one more person because this is really cool uh jean-claude mazier uh the creator of uh valerian uh one oh, of the all-time yeah, great, yeah, great sci-fi. Uh, one of the like coming to a movie soon great yeah. uh comic strips so he will also be at the frame festival so please they are, if you want to get away from New York Comic Con, check out one of these great panels. You yeah. <laughs> and we're really in the midst of a kind of a, a, a kind of a boom in re-recognizing the French graphic novel, it seems, the European graphic novel. Right. Both through the efforts of EuropeComics.com, that big coalition of 13 publishers, and the French Comics Association, right. which is sponsoring this exhibition, which is also made up of the biggest publishers in Europe. Yes. So this so, is really exciting. It's, a, it's of the moment, it's very, people. very, very exciting. Yes. And uh, so, I'm very privileged, uh, honored to be a part of it. So, so yeah. All righty. All right. So. Excited. Well, guess what? There's a lot else going on well, in comics. Yeah, well, people are buying people them, apparently. People like the comics. They're buying the doggone things. Incredibly. So, uh, like that's but we can give people a little more detail than this. We certainly can. Um, comics, recent numbers have shown that comics are nearing a 20-year high in sales this yes. year. Well, August, you know, I hinted at this when I was at the Retailer Summit uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. People were hinting. That August was going to be a huge month, and it turns out it was a huge month. Uh, it has the highest sales since uh, the end of the uh, speculator uh, era in the nineties, in, in the early nineties. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was like everything. I mean, DC was like chugging well, along. They, yeah. You well, know, their double shipping of the rebirth titles is absolutely phenomenal. They've been strutting for a while. Yeah, now. they have. Yeah. They really did did uh, great. But uh, Harley Quinn apparently was kicking butt. Yes, indeed. Harley Quinn number one. Um, uh, what's, uh, and I, I read this on the beat. Uh, yeah. Diamonds August 2016 up 40% over the same period in 2015. Right. 40% people. Yeah. Now that's, and graphic novels are also doing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this was basically a, you know, last year we began to see the slowdown, uh, which Milton Greep famously talked about mm-hmm. at his uh, white paper as. A bit of a rough patch. Uh, so we were beginning to see like the slow time. And you know, it's it's a lot of things. I, I think DC, you know, it just shows. DC went into a funk and everybody went into a funk. You really do need Marvel and DC both working yeah. on both cylinders in order for things to motor along. But Marvel now now is not, it's not apparently um, flagging down the sales uh, quite in the same way, or well, is it? I mean, Although we certainly know that the book format comics are selling well at least from what david gabriel well, it's, was saying it's not shooting up to the same mm-hmm. degree that dc is yeah. like dc is improving vastly whereas marvel continues to do the same amount of well um but i have to say like as a comics buyer somebody who actually buys floppy right, on the we actual love shelf that, by the way we love <laughs> it you're a classic Um, like aside from Squirrel Girl, I'm just kind of not bothering to put money down on Marvel comics at the moment. Right. Well, nothing like grabs me and says like, "Oh, you gotta buy this." Let me run back to the stats just for a minute, so we could talk about like they've been in negative territory up until now. But with August, the year to date, 2016 versus year to date 2015, finally edged into the positive. But it's still just uh barely like in units, it's up. 0.14%, 0.14%, like a tenth of a percentage point. So we're still just creeping up, okay? Um, a graphic well, novel... How, how, does, how do those numbers work? Uh, well, Diamond ships comics, and uh, they keep stats on how many comics they ship. Well, I know, oh, but if they're saying that... Um, this is that they, sell in, by they the way. sold... This is selling to retailers. This is selling, not sell through. Sell, so the retailers, retailers are right. buying the comics. Right. It's all non-returnable, saying, or mostly non-returnable. 
Um, <coughs> so there are since, some variations. Okay, yeah, but they're saying since 1998, this is a quote, Diamond Comics distributors has never shipped more than 10 million comic books to comic ships in a single month. That change in August as DC's rebirth resulted in mm. shipments of 10... 0.26 million comics to retailers in North America. Yeah, the highest so number since 1996. Yeah, a a huge. Well, job. but units, you, but but you see what I'm saying is that units. You know, there's two diamond tracks, two different kind of numbers: dollar okay. share and unit share. Right. Now, dollar share to me is not as indicative because uh, cover prices have been rising. All right. Yeah. So I mean, certainly it's a very important metric, but I think what we really need to look at to gauge past sales. Uh, and sales growth is the unit unit, share. unit share. So with unit share, uh, we see, for instance, um, okay, comics periodicals were up 8% units from July. Uh, comics sales were up 44%, wow. 44% from August 2015. Okay, a wow. large number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, year to date, comics periodical sales are only up. 0.06% because there was a big drop earlier. There was a big drop. Year. However, we do it's also four weeks versus five weeks. However, we do like everyone at Diamond looked pretty chipper when I saw them. I it, people expect the number to stay positive for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, well, um, the biggest selling season is ahead of us. Yes, the biggest selling season. Well, uh, not always, but yeah. um well. yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, things are trending to the positive as my trainer from Team Mystic likes to say. In Pokemon Go, uh, so yeah, things are picking up, and graphic novels are staying, staying, uh, what is staying strong. Well, graphic novels are up for the year in units, one point one percent. So that's also a scant rise. Um, they've generally been a lot stronger throughout the year. Well, and when I say the selling as a head of it, mostly in the book trade, the Christmas season is mm-hmm. hands down the the right. the <laughs> biggest, and everybody's profitability happens in the yes. three months after uh, I would think October. that it would be a very big season for graphic novels. Well, that's my point. It is. It yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. Book format comics should be do extremely right. well. And peri- like peri- all other books periodicals do. often plunge a bit yeah. because yeah. people mm-hmm. are spending all their money on gifts. On books. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, one other thing uh, that's kind of been factored, especially when you talk about Marvel now, is that uh, and Kate, you mentioned Squirrel Girl. Well, apparently Squirrel Girl well, not apparently. I, I looked it up and I I, I um, confirmed it is being sold at the Scholastic Book Fairs. Now, oh. Calvin, can you tell us a little bit about what these book fairs are? Uh, this, well, the Scholastic Book Fairs are um, this rather amazing uh, retailing venture run by uh, Scholastic Publishing Company. I think it's a separate division. But they're basically, and, and most of us who've been, even if you've been in school anytime in the last 30 years, you've probably bought books from them. They're basically small events that go to public schools or all kinds of schools, really. And they have a, an inventory of books and kids can buy what they want. These things sell enormous numbers of books, millions of copies. Um, uh, you know, I don't have a whole lot of detailed information right in front of me, but you know, the, the next best thing, I guess, to getting picked uh, to go into one of the mass retailers like Tar- Target or or any of these other ones uh, is to get your book picked to be in a scholastic Well, they're book not there. returnable, right? Or are they returnable? Um, I, my understanding is that they're not returnable. And I think you they're actually, uh, you know, I'm really worried I'm about to give you erroneous information here. Um, but I do think there's they that you get a special print run for them, yes, because they sell so many books. Yes, and they are yeah. sold at a at a smaller uh, cover price. Uh, I think there is a difference, um, but slight I mean, discount. The, maybe. Have you been? Yeah. Have you been to them, Kate? I was a big fan of them as a little kid. Uh-huh. My mother was one of the volunteers who would help run them at my school, and um, as I recall, part of it was that it was a curated. Kind yes. of thing. It is very so. It does curious. not have like unlimited books. But if a book was in the Scholastic Book Fair, you knew it was going to be probably pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. you as a kid would know this too. 
it, you know, so it was it was great. And the parents are obviously they they feel yeah. confident in the Scholastic brand that you know that this will they're be not going to get there. There won't be any unfortunate surprises yeah. with yeah. exactly. Now uh, these can be huge, but you know, like like an order, it's not unusual for an order to be in six figures. Oh, not if at the all. book is popular at the book fair. Not so at this all. is why obviously comics publishers really want to be in these book fairs. Now you say there's and plus not plus it wades out a lot of the competition because it's because yes. it's curated. Yes, and one of the reasons why I mention this is because there's been a lot of talk about why Marvel is doing books like Squirrel Girl and Moon Girl, uh, and the Champions also. But apparently these books are carried at the book fairs. And uh, for those who want more information, they actually have an app for iPhone. I found this oh. out while I was researching. I'm looking at it right now. You could yeah. search crack see- reporter. Yes, you could search to see what. Uh, graphic novels are being carried. For instance, Anya's Ghost by Vera Brasco, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man by Bendis, and uh, so on. Max Steel, Maximum Ride. Uh, let's see, Bone is being carried there. Friends of the yes, Boys. So you can see why. Yeah, these yeah. are like old, old uh, Adventure Time comics, Angry Birds comics. Uh, you know, uh, Bart Simpson comics, well, Amulet, Marvel's Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy. So guess what? Kids are reading comics. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's not just things like uh, Scholastic Book Fair, although that's a great way to get it where kids can buy it. But if you make genuinely all ages comics that kids and adults both will genuinely like to read, like that is a good thing. And if you put them where kids will buy them, they will buy them. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes. Um, and Marvel's not dumb okay sometimes they make bad choices but this is one of their good choices yes it is because you need to breed up your next generation (coughs) and frequently uh when they've got these genuinely old ages all ages titles that are really good um you know they're popular with the regular base such as myself as well like squirrel girl is is like those fantasy novels i read as a kid um that were aimed at adults that that it is written like a show that is aimed at adults but friendly to kids. Right. Whereas I would say Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur might be more aimed at kids but friendly to adults. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, they do sell it, but they both at, sell and they both the sell fairs. well. So uh, you know, Marvel is never. Listen, let me tell you, if people They're- are like Marvel's dumb. Marvel is not so dumb that they ever turn down. A chance to get some moolah. Well, to be fair, not all of their attempts to reach the kid market have been successful as each other. No, absolutely not. You know, you need high quality product and it needs to be something people actually want to buy. You need to put it where they're going to have a chance to buy it. Indeed. And with all these sales, uh, Diamond is expanding their operations so that they can ship more comics. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was was actually a really interesting... uh, Something uh, else that I heard about at the... was uh, alluded to at the... uh, Retailer Summit was that Diamond was radically expanding its Olive Branch warehouse, and uh, which was desperately needed because a lot of books were shipping damaged because they were shipping so many comics, far more than the facility was created to handle, and in fact they couldn't handle it. So, so, and uh, again, I've never worked in a warehousing kind of situation, so, uh, but I know this is exciting. Uh, they added a fourth picker station, and I know that's very important. <laughs> They've added a mile of conveyor belts. Yes. Uh, I have a post up in the beat where I reprinted yeah. their PR yeah. with photos. They um, apparently hit their projected 2020 um, um, capacity in 2014. Yes, they did. and <laughs> Which says good things about the comic industry. You know, it does. It it's does. blowing up. <laughs> and they are, uh, they are investing, you know? Yeah, I mean, as, they yeah, yeah. as they should. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, Diamond takes a lot of well-deserved um, buffeting. Buffeting and criticism, but, you know, they are trying to, they're trying to improve. Yeah. They're investing in doing better and hopefully they will do better. They are investing in infrastructure. Yeah. A lesson to us all. <laughs> there you yep, go. yep, yep, yep. All right. All right. So genius is in the house. Um, if uh, you know what the MacArthur Fellowships are, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. The so-called genius grants were just given out last week. 23 uh, exceptional people um, were, you know, unofficially designated geniuses and also get a nice chunk of change for the next five years. Basically, no strings attached. And one of the people that got uh, one of these um, MacArthur Fellowships is our own Gene Lewin Yang, uh, author of American Born Chinese, Boxers and Saints, 
two-time nominee for the National Book Award and all-time nice, talented yes. cartoonist. Yeah, he's a real... You know, Jin Nguyen Yang is such a groundbreaking cartoonist. Absolutely. I mean, he's just opened so many doors and, uh, you know, he's done it with great work and while being a really awesome person... Uh, that, he also he, happens to be uh, the national ambassador to young people's literature, yes. um, a, a, a position he was named, I think it was a position started by the Children's Book Council mm-hmm, yep. and some others. Um, I was able to get him on the phone. I did a little short story about it, um, him getting the award. Uh, we should also mention that Lauren Redness, the author of uh, Radioactives, these very eccentric uh, visual storytelling um, um, projects that she does. She also, though she doesn't, I don't get to say she doesn't really consider herself a comics artist. I don't consider the work comics, but it's a very interesting well, it's and beautiful visual work. It is, it could be. I mean, yeah, if she wanted yeah. to call it comics, it could be. It's very visual. She, there's drawings. It's, yes, the integration absolutely. of text and illustrations. Yeah, absolutely. Very, you know, you could Scott, make a case. You know, we could do the, the, the Annie yeah. Hall thing. If Scott McCloud were here and ask him, uh, yeah. he'd probably say it could be comics. But uh, anyway, but, but you know what? It's a category yes. at the Mercado, and she is not in that category. Yes, and, uh, the but, but I think it's category. a recognition yes. of the kind of graphic yeah. storytelling. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you want to know more about this, uh, I, just last week I talked to Ben Catcher, who was a past yes, MacArthur mm-hmm. grant winner, and I asked him, what's it like when they just give you money to be yourself? And so uh, he talks mm-hmm. a little bit about that. And Gene talked about Gene, uh, he heard it, uh, he says, about four weeks ago, sitting in his driveway, getting ready to go off to work. <laughs> he said, no more work that day. <laughs> um, and they, they arranged a video shoot, which he did at the Flying Colors Colors Comics, Joe Fields Shop in California. So um, did he have to nominate himself, or did somebody else no, nominate the, him? No, the, um, the, the MacArthur Fellowships, you can't nominate no, someone. No, you, you can't. It's a very the, it's, secret It's very cabal. secret. And they come up with the people... Um, on their own. Yeah. I was asked once to submit some names of people that I thought should get one. So, yeah, I've been asked that as well. Yeah. So they And I out. did this several years I've ago. Done, uh, so the shadowy cabal reached out for you, too, yes. but yeah. you can't say who But yes. we can't say any more about it, actually. Yes. We're not allowed oh, to they'll say kill us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they'll track us down and kill us like dogs. Um, but uh, Gene was very good. He said he's gonna he's he's got a bunch of kids, so he's gonna put spend some of the oh you get six hundred twenty five thousand dollars yes over five years yeah so you know listen hey and you don't have to do anything it's not caviar money no, but it's but it's, it's not bad it ain't bad at all no and and uh, he's uh he's gonna use some of the money actually on the reading programs that he's overseeing at. Uh, as the national ambassador. Well, if Yoke there is one person who you know is going to give back, I would have to say yes. Gene is is the one. So. I mean, he is really, you know, he's a teacher also, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I can't yeah. think of any. Uh, uh, there is no better ambassador of yeah. comics. So he joins Ben Catcher and Allison Bechtel um, as official graphic novelists, as they're called at the MacArthur yes. uh, Foundation. So there you go, folks. Genius in the house. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we won't really be a genius in the house until Heidi gets her MacArthur Award. Well, if, if anybody deserves yeah. it, so I don't think from, I, my criteria is quite there yet. But thanks for the vote of confidence. From I your might, mouth to the MacArthur, I ear. might be a genius in the outhouse. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine what kind of grant they would give out. Well, you know, indoor plumbing. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Autographs in the news. Oh, yeah. Well, this is one that's just happened. Uh, apparently, in California, I just wrote about this on the beat, but it's, uh, I would call this a developing story. Uh, it's a post by, on the Eureka Books, which is a bookstore in Northern California, warning folks that California passes a lot of really strange laws. Uh, the legislature- but they also enforce them. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. That's they the have thing a, about laws. They have a lot of laws, actually, that are about... They actually look on freelancers very closely, I guess because there's so many actors and directors and you know showbiz people who make a lot of money. So you know, even if you're just a lowly cartoonist, you know, if not uh, filing taxes in the proper way, not paying sales tax, uh, anyway, there's always been a lot of strictures. Well, here's a brand new one. Uh, apparently in a bid to close down autograph mills, which again sounds like a Southern California thing to me uh, they've passed a law where if a dealer sells an item that is autographed for more than $5 it must have a certificate of authenticity so sounds pretty simple but like everything needs to have a certificate, it needs to be on file for seven years, it needs to say where it came from, so for it's crazy it is crazy, so for like the, the Eureka Books is pointing out that they sell handmade greeting cards that are made by a local artist for more than $5 
to technically now they would have to file a certificate of authenticity. Well, you know, what about autograph book? Books, yes, well, which the, people do, do thousands at a sitting. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it depends on whether you're reselling it after it's been autographed. And I guess in, I, I I would think that autographed like art or something like that. You're not selling the autograph. You're just selling the card. I would think would just come under the card because there's no well, you'd claim think, of authenticity. Well, you'd think that, but unfortunately, unfortunately, the, it hits those two. The law is very poorly written, yeah. and oh. it's not very clear. That's unfortunate. Uh, the, I, mean, I haven't read the it's details. It's called the so AB 1570 Collectible Sale of Autographed Memorabilia. Okay, uh, so and it, obviously it's meant to be like if you go and sit there and you autograph a whole bunch of balls, but say that you're, um, you know. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. If you're not Tim Tebow. <laughs> if you're not Tim Tebow. If you're not Tim, right. Yeah. <laughs> if you're just sitting there selling balls that have Tim Tebow's signature on them. Yeah. That he did not, in fact, put that on there. You've got to have some authorized. proof that he yeah. had some connection to this. I haven't actually read the law. I'm actually looking at it right now, and I can see why <laughs> people are freaking out. You know, Brian Hibbs wrote a long letter uh, to his uh, legislator, and uh, it just sounds a little silly and onerous, and you know, like yeah. like they need to clarify it. it sounds clearly, like a law that they're gonna have to clearly walk back. we need a move on. And, and petition it, say, it for also this sounds one. unenforceable. Yeah, you know, it says it, uh, one of the things that Eureka Books po- points out is that okay, you you the the, the certificate of authenticity has to describe the collectible, specify the name of the personality who autographed it, either specify the purchase price and date of sale, or be accompanied by a separate invoice setting forth that information. Indicate whether the item was autographed in the presence of the dealer and specify the date and location of and name of the witness to the autograph signing. Four, indicate whether the item was obtained or purchased from a third party. So indicate the name and address of this third There's party. There's old master paintings that don't have... <laughs> That's what they're saying. It's like if you were to sell a piece of artwork, okay, like you might not want people to know that who you got it, who from. You got it well, from. yeah. Or, you know, people want to have privacy about these things. So that as But awesome. going, who's doing this authentication? The dealer. But who's storing all this data? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and if the dealer is authenticating his own material, how do you know that it's... I, listen, I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. this is developing, okay? Like, this could just be something where... Uh, the letter of the law is not really going to be enforced, yeah. but as written, it really sounds yeah, dumb. It, sound, it sounds kind of crazy because <laughs> it does. makes me glad that I'm not. I mean, if a third party is Comic Con, but third party is authenticating it. It's hard to understand. The third party is the, the random person signing it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Who I should could be the same person signing another name. This could be clear. I haven't read the law either, so yeah. I, it's easy to, to trash it when you, I haven't read it. Yeah, so. but supposedly it's like also. I mean, you know, what is a collectible? I suppose a lot of things can be, um, but certainly original art is collectible. Well, sure. I mean, books are collectibles books? too. I mean, come I mean, on, comic books. You know, sure. I, I mean, mean, I'm sure this 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 law was aimed at Jose Canseco baseball cards. You know, but there's a lot more to life than Jose Canseco signed baseball cards. Oh, uh, let's hope so. Yeah. All right. All right. Given no, that no, I no. have no interest in Jose Canseco or signed baseball cards, <laughs> there had better be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and now the briefs. And now the briefs. The DC Writers Workshop has wrapped up. And so now they feel free to announce who the lucky, lucky winners are. Oh, joy of joys. Now, it had been said that this whole writer's workshop and artist workshop program was to get new blood into comics. Uh. But, but, they did say that you needed to have previous publication credits, although they were murky on what those might be and what they were looking for. So, more than 1,500 people applied, and then you get a free 13-week writing workshop, as well as, you know, being, having a good chance of getting published by DC Comics. But um, when they said published before, they really meant published before because, for example, Al Going Back is a Bram Stoker Award and um, we've got uh, two of the people who won, Erica Harrell and Desiree Proctor, they write for MTV. 
And uh, <laughs> so you have to have a, Al Letson has pre- a Peabody Award yeah, for this, NPR. One of these new writers has won a Peabody Award, which is the so, broadcast so they're, equivalent they're, of a they're Pulitzer. New to, they're, they're new to comics. Yeah. Um, hmm. But when we thought new writers, we thought maybe, oh, I don't know, unsung people. People who yeah. were maybe early in their career, but no. You know, can I just point out, I wrote, again, uh, check out the beat for my story on this. Uh, when they did a pilot program for this last year, the people who won included Matthew Rosenberg, Joel Jones, um, uh, Christopher published. Sabella, people who have uh, multiple volumes of workout from yeah. Image Comics. Joel Jones, as a writer, maybe a little bit new, but she's been in comics for yeah. about 10, 15 years. Um, and the artist program included, I didn't even know this, they didn't publicize it very much for some reason. The artist program included Sonny Lou. The great Sonny Lou Sonny, like, but, he should but, be teaching a class, not, not only, taking not one. Not only that, <laughs> you've got to be kidding. Not, not only that, Sonny. Not only that, Sonny Lou. He's like a master. He's not, like <laughs> okay. Not only that, Sonny Lou has done work for DC in the past. He's not yeah, new to right. DC. Yeah. So he was in a workshop. Yeah, I'm just reporting. This is what like I a know. Com- this is like a comedy. Well, I did. Was talk- that was that the pilot program though? It was the pilot program. So maybe they were just practicing. Yeah, I guess they were practicing <laughs> on how to tell Sonny Lou how to draw, which is uh, the most ridiculous. Re- yeah, if you've read Char- the Art of Chai Chan Chok Chai, one of their masterpieces, it's draw jaw droppingly yeah. accomplished. Like it's- you know, it's kind of on the level like- of like Mouse of yeah. Singapore, but you know, whatever. Maybe at DC he can learn how to draw Robin. Or which yeah. Robin to draw? God uh, help us all. Well, I mean, I can see. <laughs> I, I mean, I can sort of see with like a bunch of writers who are really good writers, but who have not written comics before. Teaching them how to write comics would be good. You know, just the formatting and stuff. But even so, like this is just not what you think of when you Look, think of new talent. No, you know? and I, I let me throw in here. I'm not. Don't want to cast any aspersions on any of the people running this program. It's very well-meaning. You know, the writing program is run by Scott Snyder, who has uh, formally taught um, writing at Sarah Lawrence, uh, your alma mater, Kate. Right after I left. Right yes. after you left. Yeah. And you only just, you know, dilly-dally more. You could have maybe studied with Scott Snyder. But, um, uh, you know, so he's a great teacher. No question mm. about it. And I'm sure the people who are in this program are going to have an amazing time. So, uh, but, you know, it's just... I it's little, not what you think of when not, you think of new talent. Right, it's not what yeah, you think seems of. Seems yes. a little odd, yeah. And yeah, when someone says go. new talent showcase, you think Sunny Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Just breaking into the biz. <laughs> you know, winning awards in Singapore, that doesn't count. Up for an Eisner. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we could not resist that. But uh, one far less uh, eyebrow raising. Uh, initiative from DC and IDW is Love is Love, a anthology collection um, which is spearheaded by Mark Andreco and it's honoring the victims of the Orlando Pulse nightclub shooting and it's going to have more than 100 stories and 200 creators. Bravo. And all the money is going to benefit victims and families of victims because there's a lot of people and um, it's going to be 144 out. page long. Mm. Let's see. I'm December. Sorry. December. Mm. When December? Do you know? Um, I don't know. I only have December down here, but it's on, and it'll be 10 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. December. It's a really great program. Mm-hmm. We've made, uh, you know, excellent. And yeah. to give you an idea of some of the people who are on it, we've got um, Cecil Castellucci, James Tinian IV, Ming Doyle, Jason Latour, Raphael Albuquerque. The list goes on. Good. It's a good, yeah. It's so, a, you a know, great a great cause. cause, and it looks like a great comic, and uh, we look forward to seeing it. Maybe we'll get a copy here. Maybe. Maybe we will. Well, or we maybe we'll go. have to go out and buy one. You know what? Well, we should. Okay, we, we should, should go buy it's, one. It's a benefit. Yes. It's, it's a benefit. Yeah. So we'll it's a benefit. Um, speaking of new comics, a creator who admittedly was not... Uh, well known here at the offices of Publishers Weekly, but did crop up in our podcast last discussion week was Asamu Akimoto. Remember that guy, the guy who had been publishing the same comic for 40 years and we thought, well, maybe he just wants to retire. Maybe he wants to go to bed. No, actually, he wants to publish four new manga next <laughs> yeah, year. That's go. why he did it. <laughs> hey, you know, these manga, they yes. like, they be working. 
His uh, his new four manga, which are not necessarily series and are referenced as short manga. Well, that makes sense. I don't think the dude's ready for another series. <laughs> another forty-year series. Yeah, is Kyoto Jogakuin Monogatari, uh, Kyoto Girls Academy story, uh, Mister Cliche, Black Tiger, and Lee Yudane. Uh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Uh, they <laughs> one of them is about a Japanese secret agent uh, with the body of a woman but the mind of a man. I presume literally. <laughs> um, one is a violence gun action story about a gunslinger on the frontier. Violence gun action story. Mm-hmm. That is what they are categorizing like it as. Well, well, you know, just to make sure that the violence is like. What you know? It's it's what it says on the, <laughs> the tin. Point of it all. <laughs> many many things we wish were as well labeled as that. <laughs> yes, it's clearly labeled. And uh, one of them will be set in a bathhouse, very close to the police station of his former comic, <laughs> and will feature, of <laughs> course, a beautiful you woman. Can't share, of course. Well, I think he just wants to get away from doing crazy cops and do crazy cops. That are women. I, I think he wants. I think he wants violence, and I think he wants uh, quasi-clothed people. I think he does. But too. you know, after forty years of drawing cops, I might be tired of drawing cops too. Yep. There you go. All right. And speaking of uh, more nudity, <laughs> <laughs> Death Note is coming. Oh, that's right. To a Western adaptation uh, from Jason Wingard, and he has announced that. Oh. Don't worry, this will be even better than the anime because it will have more, it will be more adult. Yes. It will have more nudity and violence. I think that Death Note was so holding back on so many things. Yes, it was. Yes, it was yeah, I mean, so felt really, key. really constrained. I mean, you know, I, I feel like... A demon from the afterworld randomly allowing you to kill people around the world. Yeah, I feel like adding <laughs> nudity and violence won't make it any more adult. It's not like people were like, oh... Well, you know, this is not mature at all because we haven't seen any boobs on this page full of death. But you know what's adult frontline on PBS? That's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Ad- adding more boobs to your manga movie, not more adult. Maybe it'll be more globe girdling news. More young adult. Accounts, more you know? young adult. <laughs> They'll have some serious nonfiction in- injected in it just to make it a little bit more adult. <laughs> If if they sit down and listen to NPR, it will be more adult. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But our, our, what we kid, we kid. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so all right, well, guys, I guess uh, it's off to prepare for near Comic Con. Yes, right? yeah. And and just so you know, dear listeners, we will be once again having New York Comic Con special with new, with uh, interviews live from the floor. Watch this space. Listen to this space. More to come. Well, that's right. Uh, There's always more to come.